0: Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris, here with my co host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything, vols every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if that sounds good to you, make sure that you subscribe, rate, review, yada, yada, over on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Uh, on iTunes and Spotify. Our new episodes drop there every Monday morning, and you won't miss a single one if you do. Subscribe. I'm at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter, at Zach TNT for Zach, at A to Z Sports, and A to Z, uh, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville, and A to Z Sports Nashville.com for everything that Zach writes. It's been a pretty ugly three weeks for Tennessee football. Hard to call it anything else. A complete shellacking at the hands of uh, Alabama to the tune of forty-eight seventeen, if I'm remembering my score correctly. And the one positive is that Zach, our predictions were pretty close.
1: Yeah, we were we were right on that. I mean, we were. Pretty yeah, look, let's look at the bright side.
0: Let's look at the silver lining. Uh, our predictions were okay. Man, I know we say that the Alabama game is just a wash every year. It's just like, okay, we're going to get smacked by Alabama. But there is one way of getting smacked by Alabama. And then there is what happened yesterday with Tennessee and the current situation that Tennessee is in. Because I saw that sentiment a lot from people in my just tweets and things about the game. A lot of people were sort of like, well, this is what we expected to happen. Well, yeah. I also expected to see, like, complete, strenuous, endless effort. And then you still get smacked. I wanted to see some play from backup quarterbacks when you're down by 30. I expected to see a lot of things that I didn't see while getting rocked by Alabama. Yeah, you kind of know that. The
1: you kind of know that Tennessee's not where Alabama is. Everybody knows that; it's no secret. But you expect them to hang in there for two, maybe three quarters, and then Alabama's talent and depth—they kind of wins the game for them in the fourth quarter. They pull away. It's what we've seen happen before in this in this game. It's kind of what happened last year. And that—I mean—it was all Alabama from the beginning, and it was never a game or never close. It was over before it
0: started. And it, it was just hard to watch in, in a general sense. And I guess let, let's, before we get too deep on just this small talk, let's just move right into uh, the grades. I like that we've been doing this every week. We uh, will just grade all of the different positions for the players here. And, and this is, it, it was an interesting one yesterday. We'll start with the quarterbacks, Jarek Aaron Tano saw almost all of the playing time, and then Brian Maurer got thrown in there right at the end. What do you think of the QB,
1: Zach? But Garantano wasn't necessarily the reason Tennessee lost yesterday. I mean, he wasn't no. perfect. He made some good throws. He 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 ran the ball a couple of times when he had to. I mean, if everything else is kind of up to par, Garantano probably did enough for them to, to stay competitive in that game. I mean, a couple of his throws were really nice. Um, it's kind of – that's almost more troubling that he played okay and Tennessee still got beat this bad. That – if we could put the whole loss on the quarterback, this is a kind of a different mood today, I feel like.
0: Here's what I saw with the quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, I, I put the grade C minus D plus somewhere right in there. Um, yeah, you know, I
1: got to throw my grade in there. I I'd agree yeah. with that.
0: Not, not impressive in, in any way. Not really any better – week over week than we've ever seen Jarrett B. But what I saw that just really makes me cringe, specifically with Jarrett Maurer, I mean, we just didn't really get to see anything. He, What did he throw? One pass, I think. One pass, yeah, one pass. He made a really nice play with his feet. I'll say that. He got cracked. <laughs> he did, He needed to slide, and he didn't. Um, that seems to be a trend with Maurer. But um, with JG, here is what I see. Cheney was handing the ball off, calling run plays on 3rd and 8, 3rd and six, third and 7. That means, I mean, sometimes that's a strategy. One time, that's a strategy. Almost always 3rd and long is a passing down. They trust Jared so little to make specifically finesse plays. They trust him to air the ball out. They'll, they'll call, you know, just a, a, a four verticals kind of play. And where he can just put air under the ball and chuck it downfield, yeah, they'll do that because it doesn't doesn't take him threading the needle. It doesn't take good timing. It doesn't take going through progressions. It's a you know there's less mind involved in in just chucking it up 50-50 to your receiver. They'll let him do that, but anything finesse across the middle of the field, they're just avoiding it like the plague. And you got good running backs sometimes on the third and eights, you picked up first down. Alabama's defense is not what it has been in the past. You did score 17 points. I mean, that's something, I guess. But I, I it's just so hard to watch. And I don't it's making it really conflicting because I don't know what to put on Cheney. I know there are some people that are just like, fire Cheney, he's garbage, he's terrible. At the same time, I mean look at look at the plays that he's calling. I see the psychology behind what he's doing. He doesn't trust Jared as far as he can throw him. Or as far as Jared can throw a football. <laughs> I mean, it just is... It's really tough. And and I don't know exactly where to go and how to, to assess that situation. Yeah.
1: I would love to hear Chaney's thoughts on the quarterback situation. And I know he wouldn't be too candid because Jeremy Pruitt's the head coach. It's his decision. You probably did a little bit of coach speak from Chaney, which... He's not known for, but he's not going to go out and give his full opinion. But I would like to know, just kind of behind the curtain, how he feels about the quarterback situation. Because I do feel like you're right. I don't think he can call what he wants to call because of Garantano. I mean, Alabama seemed to trust Garantano more yesterday than than Tennessee did. The fact that they were able to pick up a first down on a couple of those third and eight plays where they ran the ball. (laughs) We all knew. The Tennessee's not throwing the ball here. I mean, it's frustrating to watch. They should be throwing the ball, but you know what's what's coming by the second or third time they're they're doing it. And Alabama still kind of respected the threat from Garantano there, and Cheney just was having none of it. And can you blame him? Really? I mean, yeah. would you rather punt or or see Alabama running the other way for six points?
0: I've seen Jim Cheney call a a pretty creative. Dynamic game before. Like, it's not like, like, we know they hired him for a reason. Yeah. We, you know, he, he's not, I, I wouldn't call him just like the mastermind genius, just absolute, like, y- you know, that you're going to go for, <laughs> got a cat in my lap. <laughs> Hello. Um,
1: yeah, he's not Joe Brady, unless you last. It, year. Exactly.
0: Like, he, but he came in with a very good reputation. He he was the offensive coordinator for Georgia when they played in the national title, okay? This is is not some some guy that you're paying one what, $1. 1.8 million dollars I think for no reason at all. Like he he is somebody who's known to be good and it's I mean, he made mm, Nathan Peterman he
1: made Nathan Peterman into a decent quarterback. At Pitt, yeah, right? exactly. He yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He so, cannot make Garantano accurate. He can't I mean he can't call him he can't call a game and and have an impact on how Garantano plays. He just can't. Yeah, because it, it's just really it's really clear that uh Garantano is paranoid
0: and doesn't trust himself. It's clear that the coaches are paranoid and don't trust Garantano. Uh and they they really only trust the, the offensive line to a certain extent and then they they're putting a lot of trust into the running backs to move the ball as much as they possibly can. And so I I guess that takes us into the the running backs yesterday. What did you think of their impact on the game?
1: I mean, I thought they ran pretty well, all things considered. Uh, Eric Gray is the best offensive player on the team by far, I feel like. I mean, he ran for only 57 yards, but, you know, considering the situation where everybody knows you're running it, uh, I'd give him probably a... B-minus just because they didn't really break anything, any long runs. I mean, they didn't do anything spectacular, but they were solid. I mean, B-minus.
0: Sure, yeah. I, I'd say I'm right there. Er- Eric Gray is probably what makes this lame duck offense hurt the most because you see the potential there. You have, you have a nice north-south running back in Ty Chandler who can he, – he gets the job done. But Eric Gray is becoming exactly what you wanted him to become and just showing that athleticism and everything that you needed from him as a true sophomore, and he, you know, they, they want him to be an all-purpose back, kind of an Alvin Kamara sort of sort of guy, and I think he's right there. Um, and as much as you can be as a, as a sophomore, and if you threw in specifically when I look at this offense, if you threw in a running quarterback who who had really nice instincts. I mean, let's just say, it, a Dobbs. If you had Josh Dobbs in this offense, man, you got a heck of an offense. When you when you throw in Josh Palmer too, who's really good at just going up and get 50-50 balls, we saw yesterday uh, Jalen Hyatt. That was one of the really nice, uh, really nice turns turns of events, I guess. Yesterday, um, this Jalen Hyatt emerging, super speedy, lengthy guy, and uh, like you have the makings of what could be a really nice offense here. And it's just totally stymied for a number of reasons. And I, I guess I'll, since I'm already bringing it up, we can just move on to, to the receiving core. What grade would you give those guys?
1: Well, I'm right there at B plus. Close to an A minus just because I really like Jalen Hyatt. I mean, he he has the potential to be really good. He has that speed, like you mentioned. Josh Palmer is another fast wide receiver that that's kind of a, a number one one. It's kind of like, that should be their 1A, 1B, Hyatt and Palmer, it feels like. It is a really – the potential for a really nice offense, like you said. I mean, you could have Hyatt and Palmer as your deep threats. You could have Keaton as kind of your underneath guy. Garantano is just being average. Is really holding them back. Better quarterback play, and this wide receiver group would have the potential to be A-minus or A every single week, yeah. and it's, it's tough to watch it. So tough to watch at this point.
0: It is. You still. I will throw it on there. You still don't really have a tight end. Did see? I guess it was a a nice play by Princeton fan. Was it a? I think I thinking wrong. Was it a screen pass? It was Princeton kind of a fan? throw
1: out there to the flat, and he okay. looked like he was going to be tackled and picked up the first down.
0: Yes, that's that's what it was. That's what I was. I was thinking it was some some pretty nice play. Um. So that's. Something uh, that
1: was his only catch.
0: Yes, it was just one one reception for eight yards, but it was a nice little flash. Uh, it it is. It's just tough to watch. That's kind of the bottom line <clears throat> with the offense, and we can move finally to the offensive line. Um, I, when I look at it, it was better than the last two weeks. Yeah, that's not saying a ton because the last two weeks were kind of a nightmare for these guys, but um. You know, I'd C just write a C. I feel the same. Average.
1: It's a C because they didn't. They played better, but this Alabama defense is not good. It's it's one of the worst Alabama defenses we've probably seen over the last decade, I would say. And they should have been able to get some push against them and kind of kind of have their way a little bit, and they just didn't. I mean. Yeah, Tennessee ran the ball better than they did against Georgia, but Georgia's also a lot better than Alabama. So what, did we really see improvement, or was it just not as good of a defensive front? And so to to
0: me, this is the point where things get really ugly in this discussion. Oh, yeah. The defense yesterday, and look, Alabama has probably the best offense in America. The speed's straight up. Also, their best player, Like the best essentially the best player on the entire team went out on the very first play of the game. Snapped his ankles, awful. That that sucks so much for Jalen Waddell. I believe his next catch will be in the NFL. Um but they're they're down their best player, and they just dismantled Tennessee. So, So much speedier. So much more just I guess dynamic is the right word. It was so clear. What? how much of a different level these guys are on than what Tennessee is working with on defense. And it was hard to
1: watch. It's so frustrating because the the defensive line didn't look really any better with Pruitt after we heard that they have their best three practices of the year. You kind of hear that all week with all the drama that happened with, with firing the defensive line coach late last Sunday night. It it just didn't look improved. The linebackers still can't cover, and the secondary is a major issue. And with Ansley and Pruitt, two secondary guys, you just wonder how that's even possible. Even without the speed that maybe Alabama and Georgia has, how is the secondary not more technically sound than they are? That's what is
0: completely perplexing to me. You have a guy in Pruitt who is, I mean, his entire reputation – was staked on the defensive side of the ball, won a national championship before he came
1: to Tennessee. Specifically, the secondary and inside linebackers, and those are arguably the two worst positions on defense yeah, right
0: now. It's crazy. That that was something that I, I tweeted yesterday that, that, I guess, rustled some jimmies, uh, <laughs> if that's the phrase. Um, Was that I, I don't see, the thing that's most concerning from Pruitt right now, is I don't see mastery of anything at all. His, uh, the the offense, maybe I get it's hard to find a really great quarterback, and hopefully you have him in the wings and Harrison Bailey or Caden Salter coming up, whatever. But Pearl pro was a defensive guy, and the defense looks awful. What is this?
1: I don't know. I just had a crazy thought, though, that— You Know, I I think you you kind of we've kind of alluded to this, and and it was talked about on Twitter that Garantano has really taken a lot of the heat off of Pruitt for the Mm -hmm. the bad defensive play. It's almost like I wonder if Pruitt at this point is using Garantano to keep the heat off of him at this point, knowing (laughs) like (laughs) deflecting that way. I don't think that's the case. (laughs) It's kind of a crazy probably not.
0: I and and I will say in, in past weeks. The defense has been good enough. You you held Missouri to twelve points.
1: Sure,
0: Um, it was good enough against South Carolina, even though, like in the first half against Georgia,
1: it looked really good.
0: Yeah, like it's they've shown moments of of potential of what could really uh, what could really happen with these guys. But all things considered, for what I would say that I was probably expecting from a guy who came in touted as a defensive genius or however you want to characterize him. I'm not seeing it. And and maybe, look, his recruiting classes that, that I would say are what's going to be the recruiting classes that define his time at Tennessee have not really come to fruition yet. Um, his best recruiting class was this last one. And those guys are all true freshmen. Uh, And so... It's tough for me to just rip him completely up and down yet. But it's... Man, it's year three. Time's flying by. What are we doing? Yes, you're still working with a decent chunk of Butch's players. But... Like, at, at this point, you should have Butch coached out of these guys, if you're gonna. And... And this is, it's your project, it's, and so where, where is this development that we're supposed to see? I mean, I don't, that, that's probably the, the best line of attack here when talking about the, the defense, is that I'm not seeing improvement year over year, really. Like, I, I, I look specifically at Henry Tolito, probably the best, best player in defense. Um, he doesn't look markedly better. Over last year. He's just a good player. But I don't look at him and go like, man, he took a giant leap forward. It's... Maybe I'm being too critical and and I'm being blinded by the fact that Tennessee was playing Alabama yesterday and they just... Alabama has made every defense look awful. But... At the same time... Where's the defensive genius? Hello? Hello, somebody?
1: Yeah, I think you feel a lot different about this game. If Tennessee... Beats Kentucky last week, and then just kind of gets handled by Alabama. The whole the whole tune of the season is different. I mean, like yeah, Georgia just too good on defense. Alabama, best offense in the country. But you're three and two, and you you've won the games you're supposed to win. That loss to Kentucky is really what just changes the whole outlook of this season. And on Pruitt, you're right; it's year three. I mean, year three of Butch Jones. Tennessee's competing with with Oklahoma and Alabama. They're beating Georgia. I know those that Georgia team's not nearly as good as this Georgia team. And I don't. I'm not trying to compare Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt at any point. I mean, Pruitt is is a lot smarter than Jones. He, he's more football savvy. But it's concerning, and I can understand why fans would want to compare the two in year three at this point because. Tennessee is not any closer to competing with Alabama in year three under Pruitt than they were in year one. And that's that's a bit of a problem and a red flag. It is.
0: There, there's just no other way to really discuss what's going on. It, other, other than to say, I mean, I'm just really... I, I don't know that I was completely like, Pruitt is the right guy! But I was thinking things are moving in the right direction. And now... As things are really unraveling this season, I go, huh, are they? Are they moving in the right direction? Does this look like in the future he's going to be the guy to take Tennessee to that next level? Bringing in a whole lot of doubts. A whole lot of doubts.
1: Yeah, there's really no re- – I mean, I wrote about it last night. There's no reason for Tennessee fans to trust Jeremy Pruitt right now. No. I mean, the 0-2 start last year, then they they reel off the, the eight straight wins – But then, you know, you're kind of right back where you were at the beginning of last year, that equity that he built, he's burned right through it. And he's back to talking about building the program the right way. And it's year three. And we're still having the same conversation that we did in year one. When does it end? You can't keep building, you know, using these excuses that we're building this program year after year. I mean, is still going to be doing this in year five? Yeah. When when is it built? Yeah, th- yeah, there's no there's no upward tra- trajectory right now to show that Tennessee's going anywhere and it's I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm not on the whole fire Jeremy Pruitt train that some people already are. I don't think that would be a smart move because then you're just going to hit the reset button and go through all this again, but I certainly don't feel confident that that he's going to turn it around. I'm not saying he can't, but I don't have any confidence that he will.
0: Yeah. The, that is the bottom line of how I'm feeling right now. Is just any any goodwill that was built up is just so quickly flying out the door. Uh, and yeah, Pruitt has had these moments where you go, "Wow, look, look at this! That's you, you beat Auburn in in year one. You had a an eight game winning streak and a bowl win, and, and like real signs of improvement. Awesome." Things have just, it, it was two steps forward, and now we taken it you know, three steps back, it feels like. And it's really disappointing, and I, I'm glad. i glad. I will say this. I'm very, very glad that we're coming up to a bye week because this team just needs a reset completely. You open back up that quarterback competition, and I, I so badly hope that happens. I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll say that. I, I, at this moment, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's just going to continue riding with Jared Carantano because Jared played like okay in this game. I mean, he, he refuses to give any other quarterback a, a fair shake at all. Um, yesterday, you're down by 30 and you put Jared Carantano back in the game. What? What are we doing? Throw in some of these other guys and at least see what you got in game time against somebody other than clearly this defense that's not completely there yet. Um, in, on a practice field, like come on, what, like evaluate, look at your situation and try do everything you can to make it better. I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing the desperation. Maybe that's what it is. Why, why is there not, I, I don't want to see Pruitt in panic mode, but I, there's just something about the way that Pruitt specifically in that, that press conference after the game yesterday that just put me off. I just i i i haven't minded his press conferences much at all. Where I have liked that his press conferences are forgotten. I like that element. I don't want press conferences to be a thing. It was such a thing with Butch, where he would go out and say dumb crap all the time. Last night, just the the tenor that Pruitt is coming in with just doesn't sit right with me right now.
1: I I kind of had a little bit of a different take on it. I I kind of maybe it's the optimist in me, but I felt like maybe it's a good thing that he's not getting desperate and kind of giving in to the, the fans and the media that are calling for all this, or maybe it's being too stubborn. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it feels like he has a plan and he's sticking to it and he believes in it and whether or not that plan works or he sinks with the ship, I don't know. But if we start seeing desperation and panic from Pruitt, kind of like we did with Butch, I, I feel like then it's definitely the beginning of the end. Now, that's not to say that his decisions are right. I mean, I think that Harrison Bailey should have gotten that game yesterday, and and we should have seen what what he had, and, and that would have been valuable game reps for him, especially against a, an Alabama defense that's not that great, and they're, they're playing some backups at the time too. But at least Pruitt is sticking to what he believes will work. Now, whether it works or not, I don't know. Nobody knows. But I, that's kind of how I took it.
0: Let me, let me give my thoughts there, full framing. What I like to see in a situation like this is specifically what you get from Rick Barnes when his team goes out and, and lays an egg on any given occasion, and it's happened a few times. Um, he comes in to the press conference, and it's not desperation is not the right word, maybe. He, he comes in and he goes, we sucked. That was terrible. This kid was particularly bad. This guy was really bad, and I was really bad. And he puts the blame, uh, the the end blame is, it's me, this is my team, this is what we did wrong. And he doesn't, you know, there's no sugarcoating, there's no talking around it. And I know Crew is not really that kind of guy. He keeps things close to the vest, but thankfully doesn't just blow smoke all the time. Um, but I, that's what I appreciate in a situation like this. Is somebody just looking you in the face and be like, look, we screwed up. We're not going to let it happen again. Like there, there wasn't... I don't. I just don't get that kind of feeling off of Pruitt. Where yeah. his, his tack was more, I know that we we have it in us, and we're. I, I took this job. What did he? What exactly was it? Yeah, he said, that I, I was took this a job little... for a reason, and just all this. That kind of, that was you know, a very
1: butch like comment.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, you don't need to. You don't need to convince me why you took this job. You took this job because you're getting paid four million dollars. You don't got to like convince me. It's a job. It's your job. I do my job. Because it's a job, like it's my job. It's what I went to school for. Like you do your job. You don't have to convince me why you're here. Tell me you're gonna fix it. Tell me this is gonna be right. Look me in the face and be like, I screwed this up. We are bad right now. This team is bad and not playing to the level that they need to be playing at. We're gonna fix it. That's uh, frankly, that's all you gotta say. Like he could have gotten up there and said just. Something along those lines, three or four sentences, and been like, "We're not taking questions," and left. And I would have been like, hmm, "Cool, that's great. <laughs> I don't need to hear anything else. Go fix it." Uh, and so <laughs> that—that's where I, I wanted to give that full framing. And I, I'm thinking about it now. We didn't give grades to all the other positions either. I mean, it's all just the, the defense. You can really just lump it all together yesterday because it was all pretty bad. I mean, like D,
1: right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Somewhere we'll right
0: in there. Just un- unacceptable, while at the same time kind of taking into account that Alabama's offense is amazing. Special teams, I guess we can throw this in right at the end. Prince Maglia, two for two on extra points. And he made a field goal. Five points yesterday for uh, for the young man. But, uh, and so, hey, uh, a, a B, maybe. He still get a decent grade. He did his job.
1: That's one, Yeah, one of the few. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not many people did.
1: i forgot to mention even with eric gray there was the downside because that fumble that he had was oh that's true man that is unacceptable that was yeah it didn't even look like the alabama player tried to strip strip at the ball that hard it just that ball came out way too easy way too easy that's a problem too
0: what is the record and not i don't think either of us know this off the top of our head but what's like the record for most consecutive games with a defensive touchdown scored against you Tennessee's oh, going on three now, a hard three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so.
1: yeah, that's not a record you want to be setting.
0: Not ideal. Uh, please stop doing that. Please, please, please. That's well,
1: One other odd stat, or kind of, I guess, a stat, is that all three of Derek Dooley's losses to Alabama came by 31 points. So, this game lost uh, nice, 31 points, losing by 31 to Alabama, not a good sign.
0: A tradition unlike any other. Not
1: that that's you need a stat to tell you that, but
0: – I. I think we can we can really probably just wrap wrap up the show on this. We've done thirty minutes, and I think this conversation will probably take up the rest of it. Uh, it's the podcast question that I I laid out last night on Twitter. It got tons of responses, stirred up a lot of conversation uh, on on my social media. I asked straightforward: Is Jeremy Pruitt now on the hot seat? Let's see the exact results. Two thousand two hundred and ninety-five votes so far in this poll. Fifty-one percent said yes. Forty-nine percent said no. And then I, I also threw in, "Give me your response. Tell me why. Tell me why you think what you think." And it has one hundred and thirty-five replies currently. So forgive me if I don't uh, bring up your your reply. <laughs> but um, there there was some some good conversation around this, but I'll give my my thoughts personally initially before we go into some of the replies that we have. What what do you think, Zach?
1: I um, don't feel like he's on the hot seat. I think because the, there's a pandemic that he's not on the hot seat, and there's a lot of excuses that he's using, and they are valid. There are valid excuses. The, the no spring practice. The Quarantine, contact tracing issues in the fall, uh, those are valid excuses, but they're excuses that every program can use right now. But for Tennessee's sake, I do think they're excuses. I don't think that's a reason that you lose to Kentucky. I don't think it's a reason that the defense looks so out of sorts, but I do think it's going to buy him another year to fully be comfortable that that he has job security, unless they just go winless or something the rest of the year or finish – Three and seven, two and eight, you, you might see something happen then.
0: I'm pretty much right there. Uh, no, not at the moment. Is he on the hot seat? To me, no. Um, also, I don't see anybody. Like, I, I didn't see the responses last night that were like, you're crazy for asking this question. Because it's not a crazy question to ask right now. And that's not good. That's not good at all because that we've already really touched on this, but there is a difference between getting blown out by Alabama the way that Tennessee did yesterday and getting blown out by Alabama with you know 100 effort uh, maybe doing it with a, a new quarterback. you know that there is things that Pruitt could do that would make this loss feel much much better and f- make it feel like he's not as incompetent as it seems like he may be right now. And it's it's tough for me to look at the situation in an incredibly optimistic way and say for sure Pruitt is this is it's still heading in the right direction, guys. I don't know that it is. I don't know that it's heading in the right direction anymore. I think this is really a turning point. This, frankly, this bye week might be the biggest of Pruitt's career at Tennessee, um, or, or just I, I would say not the biggest bye week of his career, but one of the biggest weeks. Period. Because I think it is a turning point where you can either go, we knows the grindstone, we got to get better. Like they did after, what, week three last year. They turned it around. And you saw real buy-in from the team. And you, you won out at the end of the season. And you won eight straight. And you blah, blah, blah. But it could be that. Or it could be a complete disaster. You go two and eight. And we're having a really, really tough discussion about the offseason. Because let's also bring in this element. With the pandemic, Tennessee, they announced this week that they're making pay cuts to staffers. And you don't have the cash laying around that you did because you're just not going to have the revenue this season like you did uh, in in years past. And honestly, I'm not sure Tennessee could afford it if they didn't uh, need a fire pro. This
1: is so much in play here. One, I feel like some people are kind of like, uh, let's not fire Pruitt, not because they want to see what he can do, but because they're scared of what will happen if they do fire him and where Tennessee goes next.
0: Yeah, and I'm there too. I'm 100% on that, yeah. man. It's it's not like they've shown any competency in the back office ever. Or uh, yeah, I guess with Rick Barnes is pretty good, but that's like the one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> With these pay cuts, I mean something that you don't really think about is look at a coach like Derek Ansley. He could go back to the NFL and probably make more money. Is he going to stick around on a on a ship that might be sinking or a three and seven team making less money when he can maybe go back to the NFL, probably get a job as a secondary coach again and and make more money? Is and then is Tennessee going to be able to find a defensive coordinator? that is at Ansley's level with, with limited funds or will Fomer even trust Pruitt to make another hire after kind of botching a few hires here. There's some real returns. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see because I mean, Tennessee, if things go really South and I'm talking really South, like I, I am certainly with you, Zach, and in, in the thought that even, uh, a four, what would it be? Four and six, they're not gonna fire him. Up. No. It's not a good season, and people are really on edge. But they're not gonna fire him. You're just not in the position. But,
1: Three and seven, and a loss to Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah, man, mm. that's that's gonna be really tough because specifically, ideally, next year you get you get your full stadium again. You're able to sell tickets and have full revenue again. But how many people are picking up season tickets? You know you're you're going to run into situations like that, like you saw at the at the end of Butch, at the end of Dooley, where people stop stop caring, and then it becomes a, a financial decision where you go, we just went through a really hard year, we need to sell as many tickets as possible. This guy stinks, and so so they just they put you between a, a rock and a hard place, and you just really don't want to end up there. So this this bye week is so 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 critical. You gotta. Yeah, you, you gotta, turn, gotta turn this ship around, man.
1: And I'll say to be optimistic because we we've, we've been kind of negative there on how the season could go. We know Tennessee can turn it around, like you said, they did it last year. This is what Tennessee has to do to to kind of win back confidence for me in Pruitt. Finish six and four, beat Florida. I'll give you a loss to Texas A and M or Auburn, one of those two. But you got to beat one of them, and you have to beat Florida in the last game of the year. And that's the only way that I'm back like in on Pruitt and feeling good about the future of the program. I mean that's the only way that he can really win back my close to full confidence. I'm still gonna be skeptical because you gotta prove to me that you can go through a whole season without having this just rut that you end up in like they did at the beginning of last year and like they're in right now. You gotta prove to me that you you can play with a little more consistency. But if they finish 6 and 4 and beat Florida, I'm I'm pretty much back in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I would be I don't want to say ecstatic, that's over the top. I would be happy with that. And I would say, "Okay, we're going somewhere. Well, let's let's get a new quarterback next year see where we're at." That's that's how I would feel.
1: With I, that, I would want to see Bailey playing by the end yes. of the year and leading them to those wins. Certainly.
0: And and let's be honest about that situation. A lot of people have been saying, he's not ready. There's no way he could be ready. Oh, no. Uh, 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 the the contact tracing. He only got to practice this much. In LSU last night. Now, they were playing South Carolina. You know, Tennessee already beat South Carolina. We know South Carolina is not exactly some kind of world beater. They LSU smashed South Carolina, and they did it. With the number nineteen ranked quarterback from the class of twenty twenty, he was a three star kind of nobody that that LSU tacked onto their recruiting class. Uh, Harrison Bailey was the number three quarterback in the class of twenty twenty. Okay, there is not really an excuse here as to why, if, even if it's not Bailey, there's not really a great excuse here as to why another quarterback is not ready. No, there's not. And, I, and I'm not asking, like, we're not asking for this cornerback to go in and be a complete magic fix. We're asking the quarterback to go out and and give Jim Cheney the option to call a slant pass. To call something other than a vertical route or a handoff. <laughs> like, we're not asking for that much. Yeah, the quarterback has to be competent, but it's like the, the excuses are just running out on, on me as far as that goes. LSU did it with a guy who's way lower. I, I guess his his profile was far lower than than Harrison Bailey's. His high school stats were not as impressive. His tape was not as good as yeah. what you saw with Harrison Bailey, and they went out and. They gave South Carolina the business, okay?
1: And, and LSU replaced a lot of their offensive line, their running back, all their wide receivers except Marshall. Yeah, the, New I mean, offensive coordinator? Yeah. I mean, they have a lot lot that they're dealing with there, a lot more than what Tennessee's dealing with. I mean, really, on paper, Tennessee has more experience offensively than LSU. They, sh- they should be able to throw a true freshman out there easier than LSU. And so I –
0: Yes, I know I have a reputation as a doomer, as somebody that wants to find what's going wrong and hawk on it. Yeah, I know, and I am. You're not wrong, okay? But the excuses are running out, man. I And the, I, I, I would I'll say this, Pruitt just coming out and kind of doing a little PR tour about the quarterback situation would serve him really well this week. And, and I know he doesn't care what the fans think. He doesn't care what the media thinks. But here's the thing. His bosses do. His bosses care because the fans pay the bills. Okay? And so the, the the bosses, they you know, I don't think that they're sitting on Twitter fretting about, you know, John Smith, one, two, five, nine, six, five, what he's saying or like fire Pruitt or anything. But like they look at the general sentiment of what's going on. They listen to the boosters and things like that and and I think this this quarterback situation is obviously the biggest thing everyone's talking about everybody's worried about. Like go out and maybe give some of your rationale. Explain it a little bit more. Cuz I this was another thing I tweeted yesterday. Just I want to know what's going through his head. Specific, and this was right after he he put in Jared while well, down 30. What's going through your head there? Like you know this kid's not getting it done at the level you need it to get done at and you put him in in the exact situation when you should be trying out backups? The exact
1: situation.
0: It's, I mean, what's, what is the thought process there?
1: It's tough to complain about players not getting reps during fall practice and then having a perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to give them those reps and not doing it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. What is going on there? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'll just put it that way. He he would be well served. He's not gonna do it. I know he's not gonna do it because he's just not that kind of guy. He's not gonna do it. But he would be well served to go out and give, give a little bit of an explanation. Be, be you you don't have to give away any competitive notes, you know, things that are gonna hurt your team. But to just say, like, this is this is what we're thinking. Even even if it is just a vote of confidence in Jared where we go, this is what we've seen from him, that we think is really good. This is why we're sticking with him. Because it's just perplexing across the board and and Pruitt needs as much help as he can get right now in terms of his image with Tennessee fans and everybody else uh, around the program I, I will say this, this is a little bit of an update uh, we have moved to on the poll it is now exactly 50 50 as to whether Jeremy Pruitt is on the hot seat now um and let's let's go through some of the the responses from people Uh, I'll say this. I'm not as doom as gloom as some others. Callum, he says, buddy, Pruitt was on the hot seat after getting smoked by Vandy in 2018. (laughs) Uh, Justin says, Justin DB says, I want to blame it on COVID, but that shouldn't prevent them from at least showing effort every play. This is a good point. Uh, And and one that we've kind of hawked on already, the the lack of effort. There were times during that game yesterday, specifically with the defense, where I went, these kids have given up. They're demoralized right now. And that is on the coach, the coaches, to get these kids hyped up.
1: And It it does make you wonder if some comments from Aaron Murray, you know, when Pruitt was hired weren't kind of a a little more accurate than we thought. Pruitt's a great defensive coordinator. He's a great defensive mind. But does he have the capability to be a head coach and to kind of create this atmosphere that that he needs to create? Because he's not – doing it yet he just isn't and, and if the effort's not there that's proof that he's not you I don't need to see anything else effort is the one thing that you can coach you can't coach talent into a player you can't coach speed into a player you can't coach a kid in, into executing the right plays at every time but you can coach effort and it's it's not been there
0: yes it's really concerning um I like the simplicity of this response I think that Prude is on the hot seat because of the fact that we are playing extremely badly. There you go. That is from Sleeve. I mean, Mc...
1: there's nothing else to say. That's it.
0: Sleeve McDaikle. <laughs> Interesting name. Whose burner um, account is that? It's <laughs> a good question. I, I, I had I had a guy last night who uh, was like, I, I was just saying whatever I was saying about Jared, and this guy was just, like, hawking on, you're an idiot, you don't know anything, you're not the coach of the team, and you, Jared, it was, like, hawking on the fact that he thought that Jared did a fine job, and I was like, is this, Jared, is this you? Are you, <laughs> is that you back there? <laughs> Behind that Twitter account? Or it is was, it, too, yeah, well. I think he, it, it actually he, was, it was, it was a person And this is different from a lot of all Twitter. It was a person who actually put their name in a a picture on the, uh, if I'm remembering correctly there. Uh, Ben Vaughn said, it's flaming. Look at the margin of losses against anyone that matters. Then factor in the losses of Georgia State, BYU, and Kentucky.
1: Butch had better results. That is very concerning. The the margin of losses. I, I mean, he's like doubled. Uh, Butch Jones and Derek Dooley's bad losses already in year three or something. I think I saw that stat last night or this morning. That that is very concerning. You should not be getting blown out in year yes. three by anybody. Losing the really losing the twenty seven by twenty seven to Kentucky is probably the biggest red flag of any of these. It's tough to put any kind of a spin on that
0: at all. Um, Eric Eric Vall says. No, won't be on the hot seat till the end of 2021. Still too soon to expect to compete with Bama or Georgia. UK was bad, but we had just won eight straight. It happens. Okay, so that's that's about as rosy as I think I could put it, where you go, sometimes you just have an off game. And yeah, they had true. an off game.
1: I mean, Georgia lost to South Carolina last year. It does happen. Yeah, it does. I- these last 10 quarters have been some of the worst football. Ten- it's, it is the worst football Tennessee's played under Jeremy Pruitt.
0: Yes, without a doubt. I And I'll say this about having an off game. An off game, to me, is losing to Kentucky by three on a last-second field goal. Right. Not losing to Kentucky by 30. But I appreciate the optimism in some sense there from, from Eric Ball. Uh, depressed Vol says the team has regressed at every spot. There are too many good proven assistant coaches on the staff to blame it on anybody other than Pruitt. It's a good point. Uh, th- that's just the truth. Um, this staff should be v- really excellent.
1: I mean, is this a red flag, the staff, I mean, this you're right. This staff should be great. Is there something going on? You've seen all the turnover. We know Pruitt has a reputation as being hard to work for. Is that a red flag?
0: Yes. I mean, to me, sure. Uh, And I guess it depends on how exactly you feel about it. But, yeah, I think so. But uh, Steve S., next year. uh, Next year came late first. uh, This is confusing. Oh, next year came late first year. COVID this year. Fulmer pretty much said five years at least, and I tend to believe him. Pretty good class right now for next year. Okay. He's saying we have... and, And I... We've talked about the sum. You do have, hey, you had the number nine recruiting class in America last year, and it hasn't come to fruition yet. You haven't really seen those guys even have an opportunity to flourish. Okay, fine. I do want to see Pruitt get more of a shot with his players and really see a full class of his making uh, run through Tennessee. Um, But he better hurry up and win a few more games, or else he's not going to get that opportunity. Uh, Tyga says, why would he be on the hot seat? Tell me who you're going to hire, please tell me right now who you're going to hire to replace him. If you want to be the laughingstock of the SEC again, too prideful to hire Hugh or Lane Kiffin. So who are you going to hire? Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, that's I the problem.
0: I don't trust the AD. I And the AD being the athletic department, not just the athletic director. The AD in a general sense, because the athletic department is not just Phil Fulmer. I don't trust them to make a good hire. I don't. At all. Uh, And I don't know why you would or how you could. I love Philip Fulmer and everything that he represents for Tennessee and the ambassador that he has been for this school during his career. I don't trust the athletic department (laughs) to make a good hire, though. Why would you? I mean, yeah. Look at the history. And Pruitt, uh, I'm sorry, it's not like Fulmer cleared the place out when he came in. He didn't. Now, there has been a decent amount of turnover, but there's still a lot of people that were around under Curry Still over there. There's a lot, a lot of people around who were there before Curry. Okay, I mean it's the the place has not just been wiped clean. Um, I don't trust them, and it's it sucks to say that, but that's the history that Tennessee sports has, uh, and so here we are. Maybe just a, a couple more. Oh, I, I went off it, so maybe that's that can be it. Uh, thank you to everybody who replied. We appreciate uh, the the back and forth. And we'll keep posting those every every single week. We'll have one next week too during the bye week uh, that you can reply to, and we'll see exactly where we're at then. What crazy question I'll unfortunately have to be asking even when we don't play a game. Um, well, Zach, any parting thoughts? Anything that we didn't hit
1: on that you might want to bring up? I'm I don't have the energy right now to uh, to go through another coaching search. I mean it, you know how exhausting those are. So I really hope that they can get it together because. As fun as it can be, it is so exhausting and draining, and I, I I, just can't see Tennessee go through another one.
0: That is my final message, too. Get it together, please. Please use this bye week to figure out the quarterback situation. Use this bye week to learn how to tackle. Use this bye week to get your head screwed on straight, so that we're not questioning your effort. Uh, and that that is directed, not even necessarily at the players, at the coaches. Get your guys ready to go. Use this bye week. It is ex- extremely important. And, oh man, that Arkansas game is just looming large. And what happens in it is going to be big. Uh, and, I mean, a, a win probably propels you in the right direction for the rest of the season and a loss could be in some sense the beginning of the end and i don't want to see it i don't want to see it for the exact reasons you said zach it's just so exhausting we're come on we're done with all the the coaching hires
1: let's not do this start harrison bailey against arkansas and beat them and everything can change yes
0: please but that's it for us, I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. We thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, A to Z Sports Podcast Network via on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Um, at Zach TNT, at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter. A to Z Sports Nashville dot com for all the stuff that Zach writes.
1: I think that's it. We'll talk to you all next week. See you guys later.